Alrighty, what's going on everybody? It is uh, good to see we got a number of you already in here hanging out. Let's give some shout outs here to Max Hall, Dean Wilcoxon, and Axel Vega dropping in here with some kind words. What's going on guys? Thanks for being uh, part of the early bird gang, I suppose. Uh, we're talking all things Square Enix today. Uh, Square Enix is a company that's got a lot going on. Uh, there's no shortage of things to talk about. And with the Kingdom Hearts anniversary event this weekend, on top of so many other things, I think now's a good time to talk about their future before their future takes off. Now, it isn't all positive. There are some things about the future of Square Enix that concern me. Uh, we'll definitely be going over, going over those as well. Uh, but before we do, uh, there are some special people we need to thank. Those special people being the Sages of the Lodge, those who date as little, donate as little as $1 a month, to keep my nonsense going. So before we move forward, let me just give a special thanks to Charlotte, Alex, David, Chris and Maria, Scott, Shane, Jillian, Corey, Twilight Blaze, Nick Taborski, Kevin McBride, AJ, Michael, Andrew, Brendan, Gaseous Snake, Mookie DTRT90, Orpheus Joshua, Jordan Krupka, and Corey Siracus. Major thanks to you guys. Uh, couldn't do it without you. Uh, just so you guys know, like all I ask is you swing by once in a while, you hang out, hang out in the chat, but I appreciate everybody who goes the extra mile. So, uh, without further ado, if you liked the music you were listening to in that intro, that is by none other than Akira the Don. I'm gonna go ahead and drop his link in the chat, just in case any of you like those jams. Max Hall calling me, uh, what'd you call me? Mr. Rule of Four. I like that theory. Uh, I think I could have done a better job with it, because I think more and more evidence uh, was apparent, and you'll see that if you jump through that comment section. So that's one I, I would have liked to build on a little more because I do think Kingdom Hearts might start revolving around that number a little more. Not that 3 and 7 and 13 are going anywhere, but 4 might be the next one. Uh, all right, let's talk a little bit about Square Enix. Uh, there's a few things that concern me, but nothing concerns me more than the possibility of a Sony buyout. Now, as you guys know, Microsoft has been buying up studios like absolute crazy. Um, Sony says they're going to follow suit. Nintendo, for the most part, says they're going to stay out of it, which is a bit of a relief because, honestly, I think Nintendo has enough IPs they're not paying attention to already. They don't need to be out there buying anymore. Um, but with that said, the Sony buyout is concerning. I don't think they're going to go through with the Microsoft buyout because I don't think the infrastructure is there. Square Enix has always been cozying up to Sony. Like, even back in the PlayStation 1 days, Square Enix started cozying up to Sony. So if, if any company was to buy them out, it's probably gonna be Sony. Um, so look, there's, there, there's pros and cons to everything, right? One of the pros is Sony has a boatload of cash, which means they can subsidize projects, they can invest more money into bigger projects like the flagship IPs like Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts. Um, but one of the things that concerns me is when things kind of go megacorp like that, the smaller IPs fall by the wayside. Like, don't get me wrong, if Sony ends up buying out Square Enix, you're still going to get your Final Fantasies. You're still going to get your Kingdom Hearts. You're still going to get your Nears. The problem is things like The World Ends With You suddenly become infinitely less plausible, and they're not seen as profitable in the eyes of such a mega corp like Sony. And that's not to say that Square Enix isn't a mega corp. They 100% are. But Sony's at a whole other level than they are. Um, you know, just to give an example. So... With all this talk of buyouts, the one thing that really concerns me is that usually, again, when a corporation like Square Enix sells out to Sony, 
Not only do smaller IPs fall by the wayside, but new IPs are less likely to be invested in. Like one thing I like that Square Enix is doing with Forspoken, they're trying to create new IPs. You know what I mean? They're not trying to just rest on the laurels of their past. Even though revisiting and continuing all these series is a great thing, um, at the end of the day, we still want new IPs. We want innovation. We want new stuff, not just old stuff on repeat being shoved down our throats. Um, so I'd be lying if I said the whole Sony buyout situation wasn't a little concerning for me. Um, but then again, I, who knows? I think Square Enix is a proud enough company and an ambitious enough company that maybe they won't sell out. I mean, that's the good news, right? If you look at Square Enix, they're not just trying to be a video game company. And we're going to get into this. I got some articles I want to read. Um, but they're not just trying to be a video game company. They want to be an entertainment company through and through. That's why you're starting to see some animes like The World Ends With You anime. That's why you see them really investing in merch and stuff like that. Square Enix is playing the big game, you know? So you could take that as some optimism that maybe they wouldn't be so keen on selling themselves out to Sony because it seems like they really want to go for it themselves. Um, so when it comes to the future of Square Enix, the number one thing that I would say is concerning would definitely be these buyout concerns. Um, but I don't want to just jump all over the buyouts. Uh, there's a lot of positive things to talk about today. So I figure, why not? Let's get into it a little bit. So speaking of Square Enix wanting to be a full-fledged entertainment company, first things first, let's talk about this. Nier Automata is getting an anime adaptation. So again, everything has its pros and cons. This, I think, very possibly could be a great thing. I really think it could. Ah, stay hydrated, by the way. Stay hydrated. Anyway, so Nier Automata is getting an anime adaptation. And just like my boy Max said in the chat right here, The World Ends With You anime was actually really good. It was, like, don't get me wrong, the game tells the story better. Like, the anime does leave a couple things out. Um, but The World Ends With You anime was really good. Don't, hey, don't worry, Magical Valkyrie. We're going to talk about NFTs towards the end of the podcast. I wanted to get into more of the positive stuff after opening with the negative. Um, but The World Ends With You anime was very, very good, honestly. I, I thought it was a great way for people to catch up on the story if they didn't want to play the old game and just jump into Neo. And I think the key factor was that that anime was handled and oversought by Square Enix themselves. That's the key here. What concerns me, if this was to be concerning, is if the people overseeing this anime didn't have a care for the IP or didn't honor the source material. Because we've seen that as a problem lately. But we have some good news. So even though we don't know who will be directing the anime, which, by the way, I pray that it's Yoko Taro. I think that's the best way to go. Um, Aniplex, if I'm not mistaken, will be taking care of it. Let me see. I believe that might be further in the article. Yes, Aniplex is going to be taking care of it. And for those who uh, aren't informed on it, Aniplex has made things like Full Metal Alchemist, which Square Enix does have ties to. Square Enix it does, I believe they are a partial owner or distributor of Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, Aniplex absolutely crushed both animes. I'm partial to Brotherhood, but I thought we're, both were great. Uh, they're handling Demon Slayer, which is one of the crowning animes of our time. And there's The Promised Neverland, which admittedly, I don't know too much about, but I know a lot of people who really love that stuff. Uh-oh. Okay, I'm going to have to fix that. I didn't realize I was, uh, I was muted there. I don't know. Was I muted? No, no, the output was muted. Never mind. We're good. 
We're good. False alarm. False alarm. Anyway, so that's the good news. Is this anime is going to be handled by Annie Pilex, who this won't be their first rodeo. They've done this a million. They've done this a million times before, and they've had success working with Square Enix, with Full Metal Alchemist, most notably. Uh, which I think is a great thing. I, I think near. I've only played Automata. If I'm being honest, I haven't played Replicant. I want to play it eventually, but just by playing Near Automata, I think this is an awesome IP. I think it's unique. I don't think there's too many things out there like it. Uh, they love to break the fourth wall, which, you know, if, you, if you're new here, you know I love the whole breaking fourth wall trope. The Max says Promised Neverland was so good, too. That's, that's very encouraging. Honestly, that's very encouraging. So... Square Enix is going multimedia, man. They're all in. If you can't see it, here it is. And for those of you who want a Kingdom Hearts show or anime, this is also encouraging in that regard. They're all in on this. They want to be multimedia. And they've wanted to do this since Advent Children, if we're being honest with ourselves. So, when we look at the future of Square Enix, buyout concerns aside, they're going full-blown multimedia, just like Axel says in the chat over here. Uh, Square Enix does partly own Full Metal Alchemist and Black Butler. That's great. I would love a full-fledged Full Metal Alchemist RPG, by the way. I know there's a mobile game, and they're going all in on, like, the promotional material for it. But I would absolutely love a full-fledged, like, Unreal Engine Full Metal Alchemist RPG. But with that aside, Square Enix is going full-blown multimedia. I'm here for it. I think so long as they are at the head of it, I think so long as Square Enix is running the show... I think these animes are a great idea. I think The World Ends With You is a prime example of that. As somebody who loved Advent Children, I think Advent Children's a good example of that. Um, it's not the best movie in the world, but it honors its source material. Um, but anyway, let's move on to the next story here. Dragon Quest Twelve. Now, I am not the biggest Dragon Quest fan, if I'm being honest. I've never even played a Dragon Quest game. Uh, my fiancé played Dragon Quest Eleven, and I watched a lot of it. It seems, like, lovely. It seems enjoyable. It seems charming. It's a series I could see myself taking a chance on one of these days. Um, Square Enix, Magical Valkyrie says Square Enix also helped make a Dragon Quest movie. Tying both topics together, Valkyrie. Well done. Really, I, I don't know. If anybody has seen that, I'd appreciate your opinion uh, in the chat if it was any good. But we don't know a whole lot about Dragon Quest Twelve. All they really gave us was that little teaser with the little trailer. But the interesting thing here... Let me see. Do I have the tweet? No, I don't have the tweet. But the interesting thing is this is going to be running on Unreal Engine 5, which is cool because I'm pretty sure most of Square's IPs are sticking with Unreal Engine 4. Like, I I'm willing to bet Kingdom Hearts is sticking with Unreal Engine 4. I'm willing to bet that the remake series is sticking with, sticking with Unreal Engine 4. But it looks like Dragon Quest is one of two major IPs that they're going to give a shot at with this Unreal Engine 5. Now, we gotta look at both sides here. It's a little bit worrisome, because Square Enix has a bad history of using multiple engines at once. The good news is, they've had a lot of success with Unreal Engine 4, so we'd have to imagine Unreal Engine 5 would only bring them more success. So I don't know if we have any Dragon Quest fans uh, here in the chat, or here watching, but this is pretty exciting, because they're, they're all in on Dragon Quest, and I think it's a great thing. I think Toriyama's art style is really unique. Uh, I think it brings a lot of charm to Square Enix, and it's, uh, it stands out from the crowd. Uh, I really do think so. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if we get any more from uh, Dragon Quest this year. I don't know. They seem to be a little hush-hush about it, but it's cool to know that the project's in development and will be running on Unreal Engine 5, which I'll be interested to see anything 
from Unreal Engine 5. Axel Vega in the chat says, Dragon Quest would be incredible in UE5. I, maybe it's enough to reel me in. Max Hall says, Dragon Quest is good. It's a more family-friendly Final Fantasy, which is nice, man. There's always room for wholesome vibes, man. Always. Hey, what's going on, Iron Line? Thanks for dropping in here. All right, let's move on to the next Unreal Engine 5 story, and that's Tomb Raider. And I got a lot to say about Tomb Raider, personally. Not a whole lot, because if I'm being honest, I have not played an Unreal Engine game. I mean, I have not played a Tomb Raider game in over 10 years. Um, I had some of the titles back in like the old PS1, PS2 days. Uh, I never beat them, but I always did enjoy them. Tomb Raider is one of those IPs that I think could get a huge resurgence. Crystal Dynamics is the one who's going to be developing it. They're the ones doing it in Unreal Engine 5. And you know what? If they can make a really awesome looking render of Lara Croft in Unreal Engine 5, I think they can get a lot of eyeballs on this like series. Because Tomb Raider used to be such a huge flagship series. Like Lara Croft was one of those characters you could have imagined making it into Smash Brothers. I'd like to see them try their hand at getting her back to that level of pop popularity. And I think that's why this is one of those series that's going to be really smart to give a shot on Unreal Engine 5 as well. My man Weenus King drops into the chat, says, Sorry I couldn't stay for the stream yesterday. I've been binging your vids for the past two weeks. So I'd say you've more than earned my Prime sub. Thanks for the dope-ass content, bro. Keep it up. Weenus King, man. Dude, thank you so much for the kind words. Just know, like, all I ask is you come hang out, man. A anything else, Prime subscriptions, YouTube, like, super chats, all that stuff is a bonus, man. I do this just to talk about the things I love and uh, hang out with like-minded people. So, dude, I appreciate you coming in here with the support. Uh, but getting us back into Tomb Raider here, this is another one like Dragon Quest moving into Unreal Engine 5. I think these two IPs are going to dictate. If these two IPs see success, I think you'll see a full-blown conversion to Unreal Engine 5. If they don't see success, I think you could see Square Enix clinging to Unreal Engine 4 for quite a long time. And uh, who could blame them? Like I said, they've had a lot of success with Unreal Engine 4. Um, but again, UE5 is going to have a lot of new upgrades, so uh, let's hope we see them in the future. Now, let's, uh, let me hit on a topic that hits a little more close to home for me. I'm a huge Final Fantasy XIV fan, and I am delighted to hear that they have plans for Final Fantasy XIV content for the next decade, which is insane. Uh, before we get that, I see we got a couple questions and notes in the chat here. Uh, let me address these before we move on to 14. Max Hall says, do you think they'll actually go for an FF9 remake? I would shit myself. Let's talk about that more towards the end. I had a little plan for FF9, so we'll touch on that towards the end. Uh, Axel says, did you know Square Enix has a crossover game with Capcom? I remember that cover font looking similar world ends with you i did not know that but who needs marvel versus capcom when you can have capcom versus square am i right cnv says if near automata could put the ceo of square enix in the game as a boss kingdom hearts can put nomura in the game as master of masters cnv you are on the wave man you are on the wave i'm right there with you magical valkyrie says when you asked about dragon quest i yelled i'm a huge dragon quest fan i'm excited to see dq12 in the new engine me too again it's a series i've always kept on my periphery and kept my eyes on um, but I'd love for it to be awesome enough to reel me into the series. Um, but anyway, with that out of the way, let's, uh, let's jump back into Final Fantasy XIV here. Uh, ten more years of content, which is insane. Like, I'm not even through Shadowbringers yet. I've gotten through Realm Reborn, which was, uh, which was good, but it was alright at the end of the day. Gotten through Heavensward, which was incredible. Got through Stormblood, which was great. 
Shadowbringers is off to a rocket start. This is honestly a game that only gets better and better and more rewarding as you play it. Really, it's it's something cool. It's something really cool. But they're making a lot of changes too. And again, none of this is necessarily new news. But you see, they're making updates to textures to make the game look a little bit more modern. Which is awesome because the game looks really good as it is. But its graphical weakness is in the textures. But if you could see from the examples they provide on screen, they're really going in on the on the uptake on the at the very least the texture of the character models and you can see it with the background too there's some like additional lighting makes things look a little bit more brighter uh they really knocked it out of the park with ff14 i think the story of ff14 is an encouraging one because when this game first dropped it was an absolute mess like it was a disaster and they retooled it into the most popular mmo i don't want to say of all time but of right now there's more people playing Final Fantasy XIV than any other MMO in the world. And five years ago, you couldn't imagine somebody dethroning the likes of World of Warcraft. But they went and did it. And let me tell you something. If you look at Square Enix's numbers, they made more money through Final Fantasy XIV than any other game on the docket. Any other name on the docket, man. Like, their mobile games did well, their console games actually didn't do as well as last year. But Final Fantasy XIV made them a lot of money. And at the end of the day, you know what that means? You're probably going to get more MMOs. I really think Square Enix is going to try and make another MMO. What series they do it with, I do not know. You know how we feel here. We want the Kingdom Hearts MMO retelling Union Cross. I think that's very possible. But I think Final Fantasy XIV, if not just evidenced by the next 10 years of content they have planned... I think MMOs are going to become a much bigger part of Square Enix in the future. Not only have they had success by pleasing their audience and their core audience with Final Fantasy XIV, they've reeled in new audiences to people that have never played Final Fantasy before. They're, they're pleasing everybody with this stuff. So I'd have to imagine that we're going to see more of it in the future. Hey, Agent Spacely dropping in the chat. You knocked it out of the park by being bored. My man, I got plenty of love for you. Let me give you a quick shout out over here. Guys... So as you know, I went to KH20 a couple weekends ago, and I met some amazing people. One of them was Agent Spacely. Make sure you're following him on Twitch. He is the man. But anyway, let's swing back into this. So with all of that said, I think it's very possible that you see more MMOs with Square Enix, given their success with Final Fantasy XIV. And personally, I'm all here for it. Let me see this. Max Hall says, if you could speak one sentence to convince me to get FF14, what would it be, Landy? All I would say is they do a really good job making it your story. Seriously, I mean that. Like, don't get me wrong. We all follow the same path in that game. But they give you an opportunity to create your new favorite Final Fantasy character. They put the power in your hands. Um, that's the best I could do. I could go on and on about the soundtrack and, and the worlds and the gameplay and the, the friends you'll make. But... It, if you're willing to give an MMO a shot, Final Fantasy XIV is worth it. And I think it's really encouraging. Um, but speaking of Final Fantasy, and as you guys can tell, I'm really dragging out the Kingdom Hearts news till the end. Um, but let's talk about Final Fantasy XVI. The game they got us excited for and then just completely ghosted us. Hydration break, by the way. Anyway, they got all of us so excited for this. And I respect what they're doing. I respect what the director, Naoki Yoshida's approach is, that they don't want to show you anything more until they're ready to sell you this game. Like, 
Apparently their approach is they want to show you the next Final Fantasy 16 trailer when the game's release date is nearby. And look, that's very different than what the likes of Creative Business Unit 1 does. And Creative Business Unit 1 is the likes of Nomura, Katase, Nojima, Remake, Kingdom Hearts, etc. It's a much different approach. And honestly, it's one that I, I, I actually think I like better. I, I think it's better when... You show us a little something, they show us some cutscenes, gave us a little insight to the story, showed us a little bit of gameplay, and we're like, all right, we'll be back when the game's ready. Don't get me wrong, I would like some more breadcrumbs to chew on while I wait, but I can really respect this decision by them. I really can respect this decision by them. I think it does a good job not letting people's hype get out of control, not letting expectations get out of control. Um, and again, the next time we see this game, it's going to be right around the corner which is a great thing. But the good news is with that in mind, here's the key. Naoki Yoshida, after the initial delay was announced, what's going on, Umbra? Be safe while you drive, my dude. But anyway, um, it was pushed back six months, and Yoshida says we can expect more info in spring 2022. And uh, we're here, yo. Who knows, maybe this will make like Dark Roads winter, and it'll just get pushed back a season. But that's fine. Honestly, I think them saying spring 2022, you can expect to see something by summer. And I honestly think we will get to play Final Fantasy 16, if not this year, the very beginning of next year. I think, I think the game is a lot closer than some people give it credit for. I think they've been working really hard on it. Um, Agent Space says, I like this decision too. They learned a lot from Final Fantasy 15. Exactly. They put so much into Final Fantasy 15. So much you think they would have waited till all that DLC content was ready for release. But that's another story for another time. Um, but as far as Final Fantasy 16 goes, I think this is the right call. You know, you don't want to get people too excited and just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Let people forget about it. Let people get hyped about Kingdom Hearts. Let people get hyped about Strangers of Paradise. Let people get hyped about all those other things and then drop the Final Fantasy 16 nuclear bomb on them. But anyway, we got good news. We're going to see something about it in the next six months. I think the game is here within the year. Like, within 12 months, I think we get it. Um, and it's looking awesome, guys. I got to be honest. And I'm really encouraged because a lot of the people who worked on Final Fantasy XIV are a part of this project. Final Fantasy XIV absolutely knocked it out of the park. I know that's my phrase of the day. Everybody hydrate every time I say knocked it out of the park, by the way. But anyway, they're the hot hand, man. As much as I love Creative Business Unit 1... This creative unit is the hot hand right now. And I think Final Fantasy 16 has a chance to be something really, really special. So before I move to the next story, let me check this chat. Let me see what I missed. Max Hall says, I really can't wait, my dude. FF16 is killing me inside. I can't wait either, man. I, I think it looks very unique. I love that they're bringing it back to the fantasy element. And I think it's going to be rated M. Give me a rated M Final Fantasy, dude. Like, let's go. Let's go all in. Max Hall also says FF16 is going to be like FF15, except better story and gameplay. I mean, I hope so, man. Like, we want improvements with every installment, right? Like, even if you liked 15, you should want 16 to be better. Uh, but now let's move on to some more Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two, which I got to be honest. Like, Kingdom Hearts is probably my favorite series. But I don't know if there's a game I'm more excited for than Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two, Like, this is, this is the game I'm probably looking forward to the most. But here's the thing. I want them to take their time with it. Seriously. 
I don't know how many parts they have planned or anything like that. I'm okay with this game taking till late 2023, which I think is what you're probably going to see. But we have some encouraging news from Yoshinori Kitase, who says they're going to announce some news later this year. He himself says we're going to be able to see a little bit of what's going on. And you have to look at this logo, right? You have to look at this logo. Let's, let's see if we can blow this up a little bit. Let's see if we can blow this up a little bit. Look at that. Cloud, Zach, Sephiroth inside the wing. Mwah. Looks beautiful, if you ask me. Um, but I wonder, man. I, I wonder what they're going to do with 7 Remake. I could go on all day about where they're taking the story, all the things they could surprise us with. Uh, but it's really encouraging to hear that we're going to get to see something this year. Because give me a trailer, man. Give me something to chew on. Give me something to chew on. But I think it's going to be great. Uh, Ween is King says, Bro, I love 7 Remake. That was the funniest plat I've done in a long time. The funnest plat, plat I've done in a long time. Excuse me. Dude, it really was. It's a fun time running through that game. I probably played through the campaign four or five times. No joke. I'm probably going to get it on PC to play with all the mods. But really good news is that we're going to see some news on this this year. It, it looks like Square Enix had a little bit of a games drought following like Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind. But it looks like all that years of developing is starting to snowball. And it seems like they've got a lot of things on the docket, 7 Remake included, they could show us this year. I think it's very possible we get Remake in 2023, whether it's as early as spring or as late as winter. I think it's, uh, I think it's a lot closer than people realize. They're going to reuse a lot of those assets, and I think that's going to speed up the process quite a bit. All right. All right. Time for some fun. Time for some fun. Let me scroll to the top here. I don't want to spoil the end of this interview. But this is an interview with Tetsuya Nomura, primarily talking about Stranger of Paradise, Frank Sinatra, my way, the whole thing. But there's something very peculiar in this interview. Something very, very peculiar in this interview. Some of you might know about it already. Some of you might not. Max Hall says, as a longtime fan of Final Fantasy VII, I love to remake. Me too. Final Fantasy VII is one of my favorite games of all time. And I'm in love with Remake. I love that they're going for it. And I hope they continue with that. Um, but some of you might have seen what's going on in this interview. I'm going to scroll to the bottom. But before we do, it's another hydrate break. And now, let's drop the bomb, man. This could be a nothing burger. This could be a mistranslation. So I want everybody, put a little salt on your fries. Put a little salt on your fries, just in case. Grains of salt. Let me read this out. What Corey Sorak is Sage of the Lodge? What's going on, dude? Uh, it's interesting that Mr. Nomura is a game creator who sheds light on Final Fantasy 1. Again, by the way, what are your plans for this year after Final Fantasy Origin? Most recently, there is an event to commemorate the 20th anniversary of Kingdom Hearts. Is it basically the year of preparation? Right? Here we go. No, Nomura says. Both. Some are new and some are preparing for release. This year will be pretty busy, but this situation is likely conti to continue for some time after next year. Do I, 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 I'm all about keeping the expectations low. I'm all about keeping the expectations low. But are you all seeing this? Are you all seeing this? 
Some are preparing for release. He says both. This isn't just a year of preparation. This isn't just a year of development. This is apparently a year of release. What could he be talking about? World Ends With You DLC? Is that what that is? Because let me tell you something. It's too early for 7 Remake. It is too early. What does that even mean, says Max? This man always talks in tongues, man. Always. But it's not just a year of development. It's not just a year of preparation. It's also a year of release. Now, look. We look at the games Nomura is tied to. Like, World Ends With You. 7 Remake. Kingdom Hearts. Could he maybe just be talking about Dark Road? Right, Valkyrie? Valkyrie's onto it right there, keeping our expectations low. I like it. That's why you're here. Is he just talking about Dark Road? Fine. Let's say he's just talking about Dark Road for this year. Look at the second half of that sentence. This year will be pretty busy, but this situation is likely to continue for some time after next year, meaning next year is a, is a year of both preparation and release. So let's extend the olive branch, and let's say that it's only Dark Road that's coming this year. What does that mean for next year? Either Kingdom Hearts or 7 Remake. It's got to be one of those two. Those are the two big projects he's working on. Those are the two big projects he's working on. Now, DJ Ghoul brings up something in the chat that I think is worth talking about. Maybe he's talking about the quote-unquote Disney Plus show. And we'll get into that. I want to talk about that. You know what? Maybe now's a good time. Maybe now's a good time to talk about that. The Kingdom Hearts Disney Plus show. So I recently did a podcast with Faye Carley, which if you don't follow Faye Carley, make sure you do. Uh, She's a great creator in the space, and she killed it on the last episode of the podcast. But we talked a little bit about this. We talked a little bit about what the Kingdom Hearts Disney Plus TV show would look like, whether or not we want it, is it necessary. I'm going to just give you my take. It's very similar. to It's Honestly, it's the exact same take as the Nier Automata take. All I want is for Square Enix to be at the head of it. All I want, if they're going to do this Kingdom Hearts anime, as long as Square Enix is calling the shots. Truthfully, I don't want Disney calling the shots. Disney has not really played a hand in the storytelling aspect of Kingdom Hearts. When it comes to storytelling, that is Nomura's job. And to Disney's credit, they've backed him every time. They might get in the way of what happens in the Disney worlds, but it's very clear I don't think Disney gets in the way at all when it comes to what Nomura does with the original Kingdom Hearts characters. So I think it's, it's very encouraging and more than likely that if we do get the Kingdom Hearts show, that it's going to be completely developed and handled by Square Enix, which I think is the way to do it. That's the only way to do it. And there have been some rumors, again, all grains of salt on this. I don't want this to be, like, again, giant grain of salt on this, but apparently... The Kingdom Hearts show is being built out of Unreal Engine 4, which is also encouraging and tells me in all likelihood that Square Enix calling the shots. But you all might have noticed that I, I kind of harp on that a lot when it comes to Square Enix wanting to do be multimedia and do shows and stuff like that and animes. I'm a bit of a stickler and I'm going to show you why. Now, not everyone's going to be happy with what I have to say, and that's okay. That's okay. I hope that if you disagree with me, you can respectfully disagree. We can be civil. But let me explain something. Let me just show you where I'm coming from. The Halo show is nothing like the games. And that's why it's good. Halo showrunners earned criticism for saying they didn't consider the games. They were right not to. 
Do you see what happens when you license your IP to people who don't give a shit and just want to use it as a platform to tell their story? Now, look, if you like the Halo show, if you're having a good time with it, good for you. I'm not here to insult that. I'm not talking about the quality of the show. What I'm here to talk about is the fact that they openly admit they didn't care about the games. And they, oh, they, they championed the fact that it's nothing like the games. Now, look, if that's your taste and you like it, good for you. Seriously, I, I hope you have a good time with it. I hope it makes your day better. Me, personally, something like this happening to Kingdom Hearts is such a nightmare. You understand? Like, it would be such a nightmare for someone to just, for them to license out the IP for a TV show and for someone else to handle the narrative and sort of just play with it and use as a platform. Like, for an example, like, I played Halo back in the day. I, I, I played the campaigns. I wouldn't call myself a huge Halo fan. I played it very casually when I was younger. But Master Chief never took his helmet off. Apparently, this dude takes his helmet off in the first, in the first episode. This is what I'm afraid of. Because at the end of the day, remember something, guys. As gamers, Hollywood doesn't like you. Not, not as a person. I'm not saying they don't like you as a person. But as gamers, they don't like you. They, it, if you need evidence, look at all the video game and Japanese adaptations. They're always trying to fix it or change it or use it to tell their own stories. If you want, if your beloved franchises, if you want their stories told in a cinematic way... We got to be really skeptical of things like Hollywood and Netflix. They just haven't earned our trust. Go watch the Death Note live action. Go watch Cowboy Bebop live action. Go watch literally any video game movie that isn't Sonic 1 or that first Mortal Kombat back in the day. Um, but anyway, look, uh, I think somebody in the chat mentioned it. Magical Valkyrie says, I don't think Disney would do that to Square Enix. They'd let them take the charge. And Valkyrie, I'm 100% with you there. I actually have faith that Disney would back Square Enix and let them do this their way. They have no reason not to let them do it their way. Again, might, might they have some opinions about how Disney properties are handled? Sure. But when it comes to the Master of Masters and the Foretellers, I don't think Disney's going to care. I think all Disney's going to care about is the big bucks. And that's very encouraging. But if you're new here, just know this is why I'm skeptical of any video game adaptation. This is why I'm skeptical of any anime adaptation unless it's handled by the studio and the creators that made the project. Again, Square Enix making the world ends with you anime, that's why it worked. Another studio making the Halo show that didn't care about the games, that's why it didn't work. But anyway, I, I don't want to harp on this too much. Um, we, are, we are talking about some exciting news primarily this Kingdom Hearts news, that Nomura seems to be cryptically alluding to the fact that we, we may not only see releases this year, but that next year will be coming as well. Now, I see we got a, we got a lot of input in the chat here, so let me just uh, catch up with you guys. Let's see. Weenus King says, Honestly, Nomura has always made the most out of story and assets that's already out. I think he's going to announce a new Final Mix game with a port of Days coded and a new Kingdom Hearts Union Cross movie. I wonder if they're going to do a Dark Road movie like they did Union Cross. I think that would be cool. Max Hall says, even the spinoffs are main games, though. Exactly. That's why I think a better name instead of spinoff is like Bridge Game or Subtitle. I think Jared from Gamers Joint calls them Subtitle Games. I like that. DJ Ghoul says, 100% agree. Square would need to be in charge. Exactly. Max Hall says, I respectfully agree. Let's see. Metropolis Day says, funny, I just got a Halo ad before coming in here. They know, dude. They know. They knew I was going to trash him. They saw my internet history, and they were like, you know what? If he's going to trash talk us, make his audience watch a Halo ad. Respect. Hey, I respect it, man. I get a cut of that ad money, so 
I, I respect it. That's playing fair. That's playing fair. Corey Saracus, Sage of the Lodge, says people already have so much trouble following the story of Kingdom Hearts. Having a show that complicates that even more by having a non-related plot would stink. I agree, Corey. I think it would soil the experience for not, not even some people who have been in it for a long time, but a lot of new people, it would kind of soil it. Because then they watch this whole show and they find out, oh, it's not canon. Or, oh, no, no more. I didn't have anything to do with that. But honestly, I, I'm, I'm very much inclined to believe that Square Enix is going to be all over this project. Axel Vega says, 20 years could be the end of a contract. This new contract Nomura would have way more ground on an agreement like this. And honestly, guys, I think things like Yozora and seeing the Versus 13 overlap is a sign of how much power Nomura has, right? Square Enix took Versus 13 away from Nomura. If he didn't have power in his contract with Disney, I don't think he'd be risking that heartbreak all over again. But my lord, if it happens, I'll be crying, man. I'll be right there crying with him. You know, let's switch it up to here while we're catching up with chat. Magical Valkyrie says, I know back in 2002, Square Enix was working with Disney to make a TV show based on KH1, and it fell through. And honestly, I'm glad it did. Because, you know, another take I have about all this multimedia stuff, don't get me wrong, I think it's cool that we're getting a near anime. I think it's cool we might get a Kingdom Hearts anime. But at the end of the day, Square, you're a video game developing country. country Jesus. You're a video game developing company. And that's not to say you can't branch off into any things, but I really hope games are being prioritized. Because again, any dollar spent on an anime or a TV show or a movie is money and investment that could have been spent on a game, which is primarily why we're here, right? We love the stories, but we're gamers. That's why we're all into this stuff. We like playing a hand in the story. So even though I'm all for a Kingdom Hearts anime with certain conditions, and even though I'm all for this near anime, I really hope it doesn't take away from the games aspect of the, of the budget, you know? Ween is King says he's going to call the new Kingdom Hearts game 3.141 of Kingdom Hearts Pi. You know something? If it was a World Ends With You crossover and Minamimoto was a big part of it, that could actually be a great name for a crossover. Max Hall says the Versus 13 overlap was amazing. I'm so happy he gets to bring his baby back to life. Me too. Me too. All the power to him because I think he got gypped. And I, I like Final Fantasy 15. I do. I want to replay it actually. So no shade on Final Fantasy XV. But Versus 13 had a right to exist. And I'm glad that Kingdom Hearts is going to give it a vehicle which it could tell its story. Because the world looked awesome. You could tell it was handled with such love and care. I I'm happy too, Max. DJ Ghoul says, coming up with that name must have been easy as pie. Hydration break. Hydration break after that one. All right. Magical Valkyrie. Well, the TV show was going to be 2D animated and flesh out aspects of KH1. Yeah, and you know, I kind of like that because it's something that could just maybe like shine more light on the story. But honestly, the Kingdom Hearts mangas are really good for that. I've read a few Kingdom Hearts mangas and uh, I think it's Shiro Amano does a fantastic job. Max Hall, you ever see Sunny Novus theories on Kingdom Hearts? Have I ever seen Sunny Novus theories? I love Sonny Novus, man. That guy is one of the best theorists in the game. Uh, I've actually had him on the podcast before. I think he's episode 99. Uh, without giving away too much, there are plans to have Sonny back on the podcast this year. He's welcome here anytime. Sonny Novus is amazing. Everyone should check him out. Um, yeah, his theories are incredible. Absolutely incredible. Weenus King, bro, that was a joke. I can't believe it's actually plausible. Wait, hold on. Oh, the pie thing. Yeah, I know, no, dude. Well, welcome to Nomura's crazy ride. Anything's possible. 
But yeah, DJ, dude, we got, listen, here at the Lodge, we got plenty of love for Sonny Novus. We got plenty of love for Sonny Novus. Look, you got, look, he's going to be on the podcast later in the year. You guys could drop in here and ask him questions all day, man. Can ask him questions all day. Um, he's a good dude, too. Like, you'd be happy to know. So talking to him was nothing but genuine, nothing but a good time. He seems like a really, like, cool, down-to-earth dude. Like, seriously. And he's really funny, too. That's the thing. He's a bit of a goofball. Um, big-brained as he can be, he's a bit of a goofball. All right, all right. So, this was brought up a little earlier. Before we talk about Final Fantasy IX and all the exciting stories surrounding that, um... This is a thing that I know a lot of people are concerned about. Let me uh, switch up the camera so you can actually see what I'm talking about. The NFTs! NFTs, the internet's new favorite buzz... uh, What do you call it? What do you call it? Abbreviation? Anyway, NFTs, man. NFTs. So I'm going to give you guys my straight and honest opinion about NFTs. Um, Look, if companies like Square Enix and, and Capcom and some of these other developers want to get into NFTs, you know what? It's your, it's their right. You want to take that business venture? Go ahead. Here's where my opinion comes in. You want to start playing with NFTs? Then make new IPs based on these NFTs. You want to get into blockchain gaming? I'm cool with that, but make it new IPs. Do not drag legacy IPs into the whole NFT thing, especially since it's so new to the market. It's so new in general. It, you know what I mean? The first guy through the wall is always bloody. If they're going to do an NFT thing, that's fine. But I would recommend that they keep legacy IPs out of it. And that this could be something for new IPs. For, for, for new ideas and new creative ideas to flourish and to, and to uh, blossom. But I, I think it would be foolish of them to drag some legacy IPs into the mix. So... We got a few statements here from a few people across Square Enix, across the gaming industry. Let's look at what they have to say about NFTs, and we'll, let's see if this is encouraging or if this is something to worry about. So our boy Yoshiniri Katase says, I'm looking forward to how new technologies like NFT and the metaverse will change the game industry. Hey, I don't like that so much. Um, and again, like that's not to say like there's more to NFTs than monkey JPEGs, right? Like Here's an example of how an NFT could be used in a game. So you're playing Final Fantasy XIV and you have this sword, right? And you use this sword in battle. With NFT technology, you'd be able to track everything that sword does, right? So for example, if you use that sword and it relies more on fire magic, that sword can upgrade a certain way or can be customized a certain way based on how you're able to use it. I know, again, I don't know much about NFTs. I am no expert, like, so don't take everything I say with a grain of salt. But to my understandings, I know NFTs can be used for really good like data collection. And that data collection can be used for things like upgrades and stuff like that. So I, I see how some of these devs can get themselves so excited about all of this. But at the end of the day, I'm going to repeat myself because it's worth repeating. If Square Enix wants to get into this, uh, they'd be foolish to drag legacy IPs into it. And if they do drag legacy IPs into it, I think, I think people need to voice themselves. And, and let them know that's, that is not what their customers want. But anyway, Nier says, I'm really curious about... The Nier producer, Yosuke Saito, says, I'm really curious about games and projects related to NFTs. New types of games always emerge from new technologies. So I kind of feel like making something NFT-related myself, but I still have many unannounced projects. So if it happens, 
It'll be once I'm done with these. Now that's where I'm really encouraged because it looks to me like Yosuke Saito is saying, oh, NFTs would allow us to make new kinds of games. So when I'm done with these projects I'm working on, like Nier, I'll go work on some other projects. So to me, and again, I could be projecting, mind you, it seems like as far as Yosuke Saito goes, he does actually see this whole NFT thing as a way to try something new, both in technology and in IP. Uh, let's check out the Dragon Quest producer, Noriyoshi Fujimoto, who says, NFT digital assets, there are still many unsolved problems like legislation, and I think those problems will continue in 2022. But I think interesting games can be born from it. I feel like big changes are coming in three to four years. And again, when they say things like, I think interesting games can, come, can be born from it, I'm hoping that they mean separate from the games they're making now. Uh, my boy Umber says, thankfully they won't because the metaverse and NFTs are dying, which is true. Interest in NFTs is plummeting. Uh, Facebook's metaverse vision has been completely shit on, as it should. Um, but if I'm being honest, I don't think NFTs are going anywhere, but I think they're going to become something more niche. I think it's going to be something a little bit more niche as opposed to something in the mainstream. Here we go. FF Origin, Masashi Fujiwara says, I'm looking forward to how the metaverse will develop and the next James Bond. I don't know what the hell that is in there for, but good news is metaverse is plummeting as some of us have said in here. So, and again, Square Enix isn't the only one who's interested. There are other companies that are interested in this stuff as well. This is something about Square Enix's future that I'm not too hyped about. And again, it's like, look, if you're into NFTs, good for you. You do you, man. But like, there's no reason to drag NFTs into Final Fantasy, Nier, and Kingdom Hearts because they haven't been a part of those, of those projects and they would, just by being a part of them, fundamentally change how we approach those series. So look, again, if Square Enix wants to get into this, that's their right. I can only hope that they use it for new IPs, new ideas, new type of games, and don't try to marry it to the Square Enix we already know and love. But again, I think, just like the other stuff, I think it's very encouraging to think that they, that they won't do that. I think it's very encouraging to see that they won't do that. I think they're smarter about that. Again, I, I think that NFTs don't have as much interest or popularity to justify infiltrating a Kingdom Hearts or Final Fantasy just yet. Um, but I, I, think, I think it's encouraging to see they're not too all in on it yet. Weenus King says, I'm only mad about NFTs in Square because my dumbass would buy them all like the Kingdom Hearts Funkos. Yeah, you know, and I think they know that. I think they know that. If they offered you an exclusive Tifa JPEG, you're telling me someone's not going to throw a bunch of money at that? They probably will. They probably will. But you know what? If they want to sell fucking Tifa JPEGs and they just leave the Tifa JPEGs out of Remake Part 2, fine, go ahead. If somebody wants that and Square Enix wants to provide it, who am I to get in the way? But, any, but anyway, let's talk a little bit about Final Fantasy IX. I don't have an article to pull up for this, but I'm sure everybody knows the rumors. I'm sure no, everybody knows uh, what's going on as far as that. There were some leaks not too long ago. And the more and more time passes, the more and more those leaks end up being true. One of the things, two of the things listed in those leaks were Kingdom Hearts 4 and Final Fantasy IX Remake. Now, me personally, I'm a huge fan of Final Fantasy IX. I love Final Fantasy IX. It's one of my favorite Final Fantasies in the series. I'd go so far as to say it may even be in my top five. I personally would love a remake. I think seeing it in updated graphics, updated models would be beautiful. I think locations like the city of Alexandria, the kingdom of Alexandria, excuse me, is so beautiful. It'd be amazing to see it fully fleshed out. Um, 
But honestly, I prefer a sequel. I prefer a full-blown sequel as opposed to a remake. I think so much about Final Fantasy IX is beautiful and perfect the way it is. Um, I think the game still looks good. Like, maybe I'm crazy, guys. You guys let me know what you think. I think Final Fantasy IX, to this day, still looks good. It looks way better than 8 and 7. I think it still looks good. So I'm not sure it even needs that remake. But man, I would love a sequel. Could you imagine like a five-year time skip with Garnett, Zidane, Steiner and the gang? Like, come on. Come on. I, I think a sequel is a better way to go. I think the sequel is the better way to go. I, I, again, this is someone who loves Final Fantasy IX. If you haven't played Final Fantasy IX, I suggest you get on it. But uh, I see we got some opinions in the chat on this. Let's see this. Max Hall says, Final Fantasy IX is my favorite in the series. It was mine for a very long time. Uh, I like Remake 7 and 10 more, but 9 is definitely up there. Uh, FF9 and 10 are my favorites. 9 and 10 are in my top 5. Magical Valkyrie loves FF9. Max Hall says, I was so sad to put together in my head what happened to VV. Yeah, just in case it's someone who hasn't played yet, I'll, I'll leave that out. Um, just in case. Charlotte, the best mod in the game, says, couldn't agree more. When I first played it, I couldn't believe it was a PS1 game. Those backgrounds hold up. Yeah, everything about it holds up. I think, I think FF9 is just a beautiful looking game. I think the story's beautiful. The characters are beautiful. Everything about it is beautiful. Let's just be honest. Um, I think a sequel would be great. Weenus King says, yeah, I agree. I think 6 needs the remake more. Well, listen, Ween, I'm about to replay the 6 pixel remaster. I have not played 6 in a long time. I tried playing it on my phone a few years ago. Didn't exactly pan out. But I'm going to be replaying 6. I think 6 is going gonna, is gonna to reignite my love for it upon a replay. The dude says, FF9, top tier PlayStation 1 game. I'll tell you this, Final Fantasy 9, other than Final Fantasy 7, is my favorite PlayStation 1 game. Weenus King says, 10 is my favorite. Honestly, I replayed 10 for the first time in a long time. 10's a top three. I don't, it's so hard to pick a favorite Final Fantasy game, but 10 is a top three, easy for me. Easy. I think, I think, I think 10 is one of the most polished, well-crafted video games ever period. I have FF9 on the Switch. I really have to get on it. Metropolis Days, I think you'd love it, man. If you're, if you're here in the Lodge, man, birds of a feather flock together, I think you're going to love it. I think it's beautiful. I really, really do. Um, it's a shame Nomura didn't have uh, as big a, a big hand or a hand at all in Final Fantasy IX, because I would have loved to see those characters in Kingdom Hearts. Please stream that FF6 playthrough. I want to watch that. I, I don't know, Ween. I, I, think I'm gonna, I think I might have to play that offline, and then I'll replay it on stream. Magical Valkyrie says, have you heard about the Final Fantasy VI remake and Square making an FF10-3? So I haven't heard about the Final Fantasy VI remake, but I know with Final Fantasy X-3, they already have it scripted. They have the script read it, written. Oh, God, okay, I'm getting some pressure to play FF6 on stream. I might have to, guys. I might have to. You, you might have to convince me a little bit, but I, I might have to. That is true. Vivi is in Kingdom Hearts, the dude, and I'd like to see more Vivi in Kingdom Hearts. But uh, I think FF10-3 would be a great idea. Honestly, and it's, it, it's tough, right? Because one of the things that's great about Final Fantasy X's ending is that it's open-ended, right? There's many ways you could interpret it. I think what's cool about X-2 is that there's multiple endings. So you can interpret whichever one is the real one. With X-3, and I don't know what you guys would think if they made a Final Fantasy X-3, 
Would they have to make it open-ended? Would they have to give you multiple endings? Or do you think they make it one concrete plot? And I mean, just by 10-3 existing, you would have to concrete out both 10 and 10-2 and pick a canon ending. So it'd be interesting to see. Max Hall says, I'd love to see a playthrough of six. I can't afford it right now. Okay. I, I, I'm, I might need a little more convincing, but you guys are getting me there. You guys are getting me there. Axel says, Vivi, Rai, and Fu need to meet Roxas again. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love him to meet those more supplementary characters in Twilight Town. Weenus King says there's an interview where Nomura said he wanted to do a 10-3, but he was too busy working on remaking Kingdom Hearts 3 at the time. So that means that this wasn't even that long ago he was considering it. Honestly, I think if I were to guess, right? Because here's the thing. A lot of these guys who we love, the Tetsuya Nomuras, the Nobuo Yumatsus, the Yoshidori Kitases, the, the Nojimas... They're all getting older, and they're not going to be here forever. Um, I, think we're gonna, I think what we're seeing is some of their last work. I think the remake series, if that's not the swan song for Creative Business Unit 1, I think Final Fantasy X-3 will be. So I think we eventually, speaking of the future of Square Enix, I think we eventually get Final Fantasy X-3. But again, you're not going to see that for many, 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 many years down the road. I think that's many years away Um but as far as FF6 Remake goes, I'll have to circle back on that. I gotta, I gotta play through it again. Magical Valkyrie says, FF10 through would also be based off the novel that got made, or so I heard. Interesting. You know, I would love if Square Enix can make some of these, like, novels a little bit more available. Like, I would pay, like, for, like, an electronic art book on my PS5 or PS4 where I could sort of access... All that sort of stuff. Which, by the way, guys, if you have any questions, we are coming up on an hour here. I do want to let it keep rolling for a little while longer. But if you have any questions regarding the future of Square Enix, now is definitely a time to get it in there. Uh, if you have any questions or predictions for the Kingdom Hearts 20th anniversary on Sunday, now is definitely a good time to get those in there as well. Max Hall says, looking at all these games as a final send-off changes my whole perspective of their legacy. Yeah, you know, Max, I can't help but see it that way, right? Because they weren't trying to just be one and done with Remake. They weren't just trying to give you one 40-hour campaign and walk away. They're trying to really deliver you something really special, fleshed out, and like, and like run out, you know? I mean, run out's the wrong term for it, but they really want to go back to some of their best works and really put the icings on the cake. Uh, I, I think looking at those, looking at Remake as a send-off for that crew and looking at Final Fantasy X-3 and Kingdom Hearts Phase 2, like this is going to be their last big chunk, it really changes your perspective, right? Axel Vega says, what do you think the future Square Enix means regarding Disney's new Mirrorverse IP? Give me one second. I've heard a little bit about the Mirrorverse. Actually, let me pull it up on this tab. Let me see if I can pull something up that can give me... A little bit more, a little bit more of a clue in. What is this Disney Mirrorverse? Okay, let's look over this together, guys. Let's look over this together. It's an upcoming 22 mobile role-playing game developed and produced by Disney and Kabam. Okay, so Square doesn't have anything to do with this, but... Revolve around quests and battles as the player navigates through a narrative storyline. Interesting. Disney's Mirrorverse is expected to include a preliminary roster of 40 characters, all from previously established franchises produced by the Walt Disney Company. Are they trying to make their own Kingdom Hearts? Is that what this is? Is that what this is? I don't know. What that actually tells me, if they're trying to emulate Kingdom Hearts in some way, 
That tells me they don't really have any control over Kingdom Hearts. Well, let me rephrase that. They have less control than they'd like. Maybe they don't like that they got to split the pot or split the loot with Square Enix. And this is their attempt to tap into that market and box Square Enix out of it. And I say good fucking luck. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Dean Wilcoxon says, by the way, guys, if these questions pile up and I can't get to all of them, I'm sorry about that. The only thing I can really prioritize is Super Chats, but I'm not recommending you do that. I'm going to really work my best to get through all these chats right here. But if they pile up, I really do apologize. I'll be streaming Saturday morning from like 10 to 2.30, so feel free to come back in and throw your questions at me then. Um, What do you think Sora will be doing in Quadratum story-wise? Avoiding non-existence. That's what I think. Um... I don't want to get into it too much because I'm working on a theory video right now. I'll let you guys in on a little bit, I suppose. But what I'm working on essentially is that I don't think Sora and Yazora can exist at the same time. One sky, one destiny. I think only one can exist at a time. So I think with Sora being in the realm of fiction almost can allow Yazora to bleed back into existence. And I think the whole thing is like a metaphor for the fact that like, that inner struggle Nomura had between Versus 13 and Kingdom Hearts 3, and that Kingdom Hearts 3 couldn't get done until Versus 13 was done, right? So you couldn't bring Sora back until Yazora got his chance. See where this is going? So I think the whole thing is like fleshing that whole inner turmoil out. Metropolis Day says, I really want to temper my expectations, but I hope we get a Yazora subtitle game. I think you eventually do. I honestly think that. We, we got to talk a little about Verum Rex. I think you do. Guys, I think Verum Rex is going to be its own thing. I think Varum Rex is going to be its own thing. I think it will exist outside of the Disney IP. Unless somebody can show me that Yozora is owned by Disney, I think Yozora might be owned by Square. And that will tell you. If Yozora is owned by Square, Varum Rex will almost definitely get its own series. Because just like Disney with the Mirrorverse is trying to box Square out and tap into that market, it's exactly what Square might be doing with Varum Rex. They might be like, look at all these people who love Kingdom Hearts. You know what else they love? Yazora. Give them Yazora games. Don't include Disney IP. Square would make a boatload of cash. And Nomura would get to revive his dream project. Thoughts on the non-Japanese divisions? Umbra, I gotta be real with you. I'm gonna be real with you. Some people may not like this. I like shit made in Japan. My entertainment, my video games, I prefer the stuff made in Japan. Not, not that there isn't good stuff in the West, but a lot of the stuff in the West just doesn't appeal to me. Um, Non-Japanese divisions, I, I, I'm not quite sure what you mean by that. I don't know if that means Square is hiring Western developers or something, or developers in the West. Uh, again, I'm not quite sure. You can maybe illuminate that further, but I'll tell you this. I like games made in Japan for Japan. I think they have a really good thing going over there. I think between manga, anime, and their video games and RPGs, JRPGs, cream of the crop, man. And that goes beyond Square Enix. Look at Atlas. The Persona series is fucking S-tier. And I... Let them be them, baby. Knock Flugel, what's going on, man? Says Verum Rex could be Nomura's magnum opus. I think that's what Versus 13 was supposed to be. I think Nomura is such a madman, he's not going to let anything stop him. Sriracha Canto, my dudes, is Landy spitting facts once again. I try, man, but feel free to fact check. Axel Vega says Maleficent is seen when the narrative says darkness in the trailer. Yeah, you know, Faye, Faye, who was on the last episode, she, she brought up a good point about Maleficent in the black box, right? 
and how this is really might be a real tool to make her relevant again. That she really, the odds that she's going to steal that black box are pretty good. Because when you think about her prior relationship with darkness, and if you combine that with Violin's theory that the darknesses are in that box, makes perfect sense why Maleficent would have her eye on it. Ween is King says, I honestly don't think we'll get any huge game reveals until the Square stream they're doing instead of E3. Why would they announce something big at a meeting that isn't being streamed? Ween is King brings up a good point. And I think this is a reason why, look, guys, it's very possible we get the game announcements, the anime announcement, the trailers, the teasers, the artwork. It's possible we get all of it. But it's also possible this is very low-key, and they're just like, here's a Dark Road release date. We're working on the next two Kingdom Hearts games. Expect a Kingdom Hearts game in 2023. But as Weenus King is saying, they might be saving that awesome trailer for their own Square Presents this summer. Magical Valkyrie says, I really... But actually, hold on. Before I move on, Weenus King, the only thing I would say to combat that is that Square has so much going on that they might want to let Kingdom Hearts do its own thing over here. Because Kingdom Hearts is such a loyal fan base and such like a... Like, we're all cracked out, man. Half of us are going to be awake at 3 a.m. scrolling through Twitter trying to find some update from this event, man. So the idea that they'd want to let Kingdom Hearts do its own thing over there and kind of let itself explode within its own community... Might be a good idea, given that this summer they might want to tease FF16 and Remake Part 2. Valkyrie says, I really want a fo game focused on Kyrie and training. Do you think that could happen? 100%. Um, I don't think you're going to get a full-flown Kyrie game. I don't think you get that, right? Because you haven't gotten a full-blown Riku game, you know? But what I think is possible is you get a split game between Riku and Quadratum. Imagine a game where Riku and Yozora team up over here. And Kyrie and Aqua team up over here, and you go back and forth. I think that I think the possibility you get something like that is pretty good. Axel says, I think Square is taking Sora. Look, personal opinion, if if I if I could change anything about it, I, I would let Square own the Kingdom Hearts IPs. If they if they buy out the Kingdom Hearts IPs from Disney, I'd be very happy about that. And I want Disney in the story, by the way. I'm not a Disney hater. Like I love Mickey, Donald, and Goofy, Yen, Sid, Fairy, Godmother, Maleficent, Pete. I want them all there. They're very important to the story. Um, but I would love if Square could buy out the Kingdom Hearts IP. That'd be cool. How many Varumrex games will they make? Depends how successful they are. If Varumrex makes money, you'll get an infinite amount of Varumrex games. Axel Vega, me too. Japanese RPGs have a certain spiritual aspect I love. Yes, Axel, I'm with you right there. You couldn't have said it better myself. There's something about Japanese RPGs that click with me. Jay Cheesecake, what's going on? Have you heard about Disney Star Smash and Twisted Wonderland? We got some more. Okay, let me, uh, let me look into that real quick. Disney Star Smash, what is this? Let's see this. A co-op Smash action game that features the signature Disney characters. Wow, they're really going in, huh? All right, all right. You know, maybe we could watch the trailer. There's a little trailer. All right, all right. That's what we'll do. Let's pull this up. Let's pull this up. All right. Let's watch this together, guys. This, this could be cool. All right. We got a little, got a little trailer here for, what do we got? Disney, what'd you, what, what did you call this? Let me make sure. Disney Star Smash. All right, let's check this out, guys. Let's see what we got. Hold up. Hold up. Treehouse with a super chat. All right. Hey, listen. 
If you throw your money towards a crackhead like me, I'm, I'm going to prioritize you. Treehouse, my man with the $5 super chat, says, sorry to tip and dip. Ugh. But thank you for the amazing podcast and vids, homie. Thoughts on new direction of the upcoming Dragon Quest game? I think that's exciting. I think that's exciting. Dragon Quest is a, a series that has a loyal following. I think it's got a lot of new eyeballs on it. And I think by doing just a little something extra, you can get people like me reeled in. Um, so I think that's very possible. I think that's very possible. But listen, guys, listen. Treehouse is a huge supporter of the Lodge. Huge supporter of the Lodge. In fact, nobody's gifted more subs on Twitch than Treehouse. So please support this man. His link is right there for YouTube. He's over on Twitch. Make sure you support Treehouse. If you support Treehouse, you support the Lodge. It's that simple. But thank you, dude. I'm excited for the new Dragon Quest game. And uh, I look forward to checking it out when they have a little more to show. All right, so let's watch this weird Disney stuff. So Disney Star Smash. This is probably going to be playing in Yazora's room. This is probably his alarm clock. I'll say this, like, the art style isn't terrible. Like, the character designs are kind of meh. Like, look at this. Like, the character designs are kind of meh, but the art style's not bad. The art style's... All right, I, I've, I've seen enough. I don't need to see any more of that. I don't need to see any more of that. All right, I'm going to just say not interested. Not interested. I don't know. Might be your cup of tea. It ain't mine. Um... But good luck. Good luck, Disney. Make some cash. Make a good game, first and foremost, and then I hope you make some cash. All right. Let's, uh, let's pick it back up. Twisted Wonderland. I don't know what Twisted Wonderland is. I'll have to look into that. Axel Vega says, in Kingdom Hearts 3, Goofy says, your ace is a joker in Twilight Town. Maleficent then goes there, and her cape makes the ace shape. Can Maleficent be trapped by a fake box? That is an interesting theory, Axel. I'd love to see somebody elaborate on that more. That's cool. I def agree with you that if they announce anything, it's going to be a Dark Road release. That's first and foremost. That is the most likely thing you're going to get from them, is a Dark Road thing. Magical Valkyrie says, they're also probably worried about leaks since what happened with Kingdom Hearts 3. Exactly. That's got to be something they're worried about. Like, through and through. Um, I don't know. It depends. Square, Square's got to work on the trailer game a little bit, because sometimes they show you a little too much in the trailers. So I hope they've learned their lesson with that. Um, given what happened with Remind, they seem to have learned their lesson. The dude, Kingdom Hearts, will explode on Twitter that morning. You bet it will. You bet it will. And honestly, that's why I'm living in this world, dude, where like, you just give me a Dark Road release date and I'm happy. I know Square Enix is working on the next Kingdom Hearts games, guys. I know they're working on it. They want to release those games. They want to make money. They want to tell their stories. They want to showcase their art. They want to get us that game as quick as possible. If they don't have something ready by Sunday, I'm not going to get bent out of shape about it. But I would really like to see a Kingdom Hearts Dark Road release date. That's, that's kind of where I cut my losses. Knocked Flugel says, I just wanted a more quote like this. You don't want to miss our summer show. Yeah, even little things like that would, would make me real happy. 
DJ Ghoul says, gotta leave before the end, but love being on the podcast live for the first time. Watched many of them back and was excited to join in with you in the lodge. DJ Ghoul, you're welcome here anytime, man. I'm, I'm not, first of all, thank you for watching and just tuning in in general, being a subscriber. And thanks for making it here and hanging out in the chat, man. I love this stuff. Axel Vega says, this is probably going to be, yeah, that's right from that thing. Treehouse says, what is this, bruh? It's, it's Disney trying to box out Square Enix. And I say, good luck. Wasn't this a mobile game? It might have been. It might have been. I don't know. I'm content with never thinking about it again. Uh, it's Discount Sora and Kyrie, Pretty much. Pretty much. Oh, God. It started like Goku said Iron Line. I don't know what that is, but I'm sure you're right. Disney Pokemon? Good luck. Good luck. Bootleg hearts. <laughs> oh, my God. Twisted Wonderland is good. See, now you get me curious. Now you get me curious. What is the Kingdom Hearts in Start Smash, bro? No idea. I remember being half asleep seeing Mickey dressed like that in a weapon. It's, it's Japanese only. Yeah, they're really trying to tap into that market. They want that, pardon my French, they want that fuck you Kingdom Hearts money. Twisted Wonderland is a mobile game about college students who go to a college based on the Disney villains called Raven Knight College. Well, that's intense. Got a dip. Can't wait for your stream with Sonny and hopefully FF6. Yeah, that stream's a couple months down the road. I've got a lot of guests lined up uh, for the next couple months, and I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about with this event. Um, but that's coming. You can, you can definitely look forward to it. Dude, I appreciate you. I definitely appreciate you hopping in here, Max, hanging out for this stream. Um, dude, thanks. Thank you to everybody who's been swinging by, honestly. Um, but, uh, I mean, we've pretty much covered... Everything that I wanted to cover. If anyone has any last-minute questions or things they wanted to bring up, now would definitely be a good time to drop it in there. But uh, overall, I think the future Square Enix is very exciting. I think they have a lot of things that they're working on that are interesting. I mean, when you look at just the Final Fantasy series alone, first of all, I'm, I'm almost at the end of Stranger of Paradise. I could give my blessing to that game. It's a very good game. Um, it's very different from other Final Fantasies. It's not very story-heavy. The story is fun, but it's nothing crazy. Um, do you mind if we see the trailer for Twisted Wonderland? Sure, I'll, I'll pull it up. I'll pull up Disney's Twisted Wonderland. But uh, as far as that goes, I, th I think we have so. I, I know this is old news, but can we talk about how your cover of the Kyrie theme is a bop? You know, that is a, that is a, a, a video of mine that I am very proud of, actually. I, uh, I want to do more stuff like that, but content like that does take a lot of effort. And I'm okay with that. Um, but it requires me setting up my green screen and stuff. I don't have one um, set up full, full time. But here, let's check out that Disney Twisted Wonderland. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. How much you want to bet I get fucking copyright claimed for this on YouTube, which, which is fine. I'll just, I'll just mute that section of the podcast. They can, they can suck it. Uh, but let's check it out. What do you say? Let's check out Twisted Wonderland. Aniplex. Oh my god, it's like... What? They like making characters based on the character? Like... This is like Union Cross, but you pick your house based on your favorite Disney villain. Yeah, like we said, this is... Alright, this is definitely a cooler idea than that last one we saw. Like, this isn't my cup of tea, but this looks cool. Oh my god. 
Some of these are downright funny, man. I'll say the art is much better. The art is much better uh, in Twisted Wonderland than the other one. I'll say that. The art for that was much better. Much better. Are you planning on streaming your reaction to the event, says Cheesecake? Well, here's the thing. They're not live streaming an event. But if they have a video, a trailer, a teaser, a, an interview, anything like that, I'll probably live stream it for my live reaction and just to hang out and talk about it. But we got we to gotta wait on that. But yeah, Ween is King. My Kyrie cover was one of my favorite things to make. I am going to make more music, more covers in the future, but they'll be very few and far between. The story of this game is good. That, that's good to hear. It looks like, bro, this is a dating sim. Is it really? Is it really? My lord. You don't pick the house. Great stream. Always glad to tune in. Love your content. Got to get back to cooking. Metropolis days. I hope you cook a delicious meal. Hades squad. Hey, Hades squad represent. But listen, hey, I am, uh, am going to wrap up the podcast and the stream here, guys. It's, it's been absolutely delightful. I always love hanging out with you guys and uh, talking this stuff. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I, I flew solo on this one. Uh, I won't lie. I always get a little bit, I always get a little bit nervous uh, when I fly solo. Um, just because I don't have a guest to bounce off of, but you guys being in the chat and hanging out with me makes it all the easier, all the more fun. So thanks so much for that. I've had a great time. Vegas says, let me know if you want to collaborate on music. Ooh, we'll have to be talking, baby. We'll have to be talking. It's not a dating sim. Okay. <laughs> well, whatever it is, it, it looked a lot better than Disney Smash or whatever that was. But hey, thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. I got so much love. I want to give special shout outs again to Treehouse. For dropping that $5 super chat. That shit goes a long way, man. That shit goes a long way, and I really appreciate it. Uh, big shout out to the Sages of the Lodge who uh, keep this nonsense going. A lot of love for you guys. Corey Sarakis, the Sage of the Lodge himself, dude. Thanks so much, man. All you guys are awesome. Got a lot of love for you. If you're hanging out on Twitch, please stick around for the raid. Please stick around for the raid. We're going to raid Clock Party. I think he's just starting his stream, so let's get a little uh, quad in there for them. Talk it up. But all of you on YouTube, got a lot of love for you. We got more theory videos coming. We got more podcasts. We got a stream tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., 10.30 Eastern time. I'm streaming Kingdom Hearts 3 Level 1 Crit. See you all there. Got a lot of love for you. Peace out. Lady Lodge out.